WBC.com. We've got a party going on in here. Chris Arnold, 105.3 The Fan, along with the three-time Super Bowl champion, the Cowboy legend, Nate Newton, and we got a couple of special guests all the way from DallasCowboys.com, Nicole Hutchison. Yes, sir. And Nicole, she's new to the show, baby. <laughs> yeah, welcome to the show. Welcome thank to you, Cowboys you, Club. Yeah. And, of course, Alec Metfrom from 105.3 The Fan. Alex, it took Alex what, eight years <laughs> to get up in that seat. Glad to have you, Alex. Eight years. It's it been did. a while, but I'm glad to be here. Yeah. Thank you, guys. Yeah, Alex has always been in the studio yes. at 105.3 The Fan on that side of it. So he's talked down on the microphone with you from yeah. Nate, and now you finally meet. Yeah, but let me tell you something. Everybody's festive in here. You oh, think yeah. it's the holidays. You think Ooh. maybe the Cowboys are eight and three and have a thirteen-game home field. Yeah, I mean thirteen games in a row, winning streak. Everybody's in a great mood. Have you noticed that everybody's in a good mood around town, Nate? Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I'm glad I don't drink anymore because they're as festive as they is. I'll probably be tipping a few. <laughs> Hello, baby. Yes. Yeah, and they seem to be all festive down in the locker room. Nicole, you've been talking to the guys and getting the interviews done. Talk about the mood after winning 13 straight games and being 8-3 and three right now. The thing about it is it's easy to get overly confident in moments like these, but they're just so humble and they're just ready to keep winning game, going game by game. So I, I love the aura in the locker room. They're, they're pretty like, what's the word I'm looking for? What's the word I'm looking for? Really, really humble, and I, I just love the mood. Oh, love yeah, most mood. definitely. Uh, Alec, have you noticed because the Dallas Cowboys are winning, people seem to be in a, a really good mood, and I think they kind of believe in this team a little bit they want to see what happens in the playoffs but they believe in a little bit yeah I think when you start stacking up these sizable wins it's kind of hard to ignore at some point and that aura is starting to kind of radiate from the players from the coaching staff into the fan base into all of the media even it just seems like there, there's something special going on that we didn't quite have before the bye week so it's a great time to be locked in. There's a game tomorrow night at AT&T Stadium. The Seattle Seahawks countertown looking to be the 14th victim in a row. By the way, this winning streak at home is the longest since 1979 through 1981. Uh -huh. when Coach Landry led the team, and Danny White and Roger Staubach combined right. for 18 straight home wins in a row. It's the longest home winning streak in the NFL right now today. And, Nate, in that last game on Thanksgiving, it seemed like that was a long time ago, but it was just last week. In that last game, it was basically a party at the end. People were jumping into the kettles. They were throwing guys into the, the Salvation Army kettles. They were pulling out turkey legs like <laughs> John Madden back in the day with the turducken. But there were some guys who had some special games. I'm talking about, I want you all to think for a second. Mm. Who impressed you more? And, Nate, you tell me who you think. Maybe I'll throw out a name for you. Deron Bland making some NFL history? <laughs> yeah, the, the thing about all of this right here is that comes with winning. You know, records are being broken. Uh, things have been set like the, the home game, winning streak. When you're winning, it, it's easy to, you know, to, 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 for great things to happen. You know, Deron wasn't, you know, he was getting some catches on him. But Deron kept. Yeah, like they were yeah, targeting him or something. Yeah, but they kept, but he kept saying, sooner or later, you're going to make that mistake. And then in the fourth quarter, I think where the Washington team went wrong at is they never implemented enough of the run game. Yeah. So the, the cornerbacks can start setting on certain routes. Yeah. And this kid sat on the right route that was for him. And what, I, what was amazing about him, this is probably one of his best runs for a touchdown. 61 yards. I, I posed the question to the guys that I've been around, who would you rather be, 
the quarterback that he faked out are the two wide receivers that hit <laughs> because it's, it's going in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, yeah, you're going to be oh, on yeah. the camera. Oh, yeah. For that, uh -huh. for, for that, yeah. So, who would you rather be? That quarterback who got faked out yeah. or the two wide receivers? Yeah, you in the highlight film for your rest of your life. Yeah. That, that's five pick six in one season. Yes. Nobody's ever done that. Yeah. You mentioned the Hall of Fame. They took away his gloves and his cleats yeah. to take him down to uh, Canton. And, and, and by the way, and by the way, uh, Nicole, Yep. When you saw that happen, and you know you've talked to Deron, he is the quietest guy. Yeah. He's all about business and, you know, fifth-round pick. Yeah. I mean, I talked to him post-game, and he had hardly any words to say, and that that's just him. He's so humble. Um, he's so quiet. But when he gets on the field, it, he's like a whole different demeanor. And he even said that. I don't know what it is. I'm just naturally quiet. Um, but and Al Harris loves it. You know, he loves guys that can make a break on the ball. That's what he's, you know, of course, looks for in a guy like that. So, I mean, I don't know. Deron, Deron's special, and I think he's on track for a Hall of Fame career. Well, my, my thing is this right here. I would not deny that. Yeah. As long as we allow him, the media, I like that. allow him to stay that way. Right. Yeah. I've seen so many players start out young in their careers, having all this success. All of a sudden, mm. you know, you get enough people telling you, you don't study as hard. You don't work as hard. This kid here should have been starting mm. his rookie year at slot corner. Mm -hmm. I was in training camp saying, God, this, this dude, I don't know who he is, but this guy making all the plays at Fresno slot corner. State. And yeah. they, they, everybody looking at me because, you know, I'm big, happy-go-lucky. Then he finally got a chance to start in the slot, led the team in interceptions. Last year. And so even this year here, you know, they, they kind of, before my man went down, they kind of like trying to get lose some run. Mm -hmm. uh, now he's undeniable. Yeah. So, I, if you know, if I ever go, go past him, I'm just going to grab his hand, man. Stay you. Yeah, stay you. Do not let, because one thing I understand, if you are as dominant as he's going to be, the money coming. Oh, yeah. So you don't have to do nothing extra. The commercial's coming. You don't have to do nothing. Just stay you. Let people play on that um, humbleness. Right. That even killness. Let them play on. I mean, now everybody can't be big noon that it's going to talk for <laughs> exactly. You know right. what I'm saying? Yeah, he's quiet. You got a more uh, vibrant yeah, personality, yeah, so yeah. it's natural I'm for the, you. I'm the man that told y'all about the real what. No, yeah. yeah. As, as happy as I was for him, another yeah. guy I was happy for was one of his mentors, and that would be, believe it or not, Trayvon Diggs. Stephon Gilmore and Trayvon Diggs are his big brothers. Yeah. And Trayvon got paid, so I ain't. I'm so happy he ain't got to worry about his money. He right. got paid before he got hurt. Right. But what you're talking about, you hope they can keep him humble and keep him the way he is. Alec, I got a question for you because the media likes to do this. He's made history, mm. NFL history. Nobody in history has ever had five pick six in one season. Deion Sanders, as great as he is, the greatest shutdown corner of all time, only had nine his entire career. Mm. This guy's had five in one season. They say... Does his name belong in the defensive MVP of the year category? It's kind of hard to avoid that argument now, isn't it? <laughs> like, after you see NFL history made, and now he's chasing the most defensive touchdowns in NFL history at six. Like, he is close to doing something special yet again. If he can do that, and if he just stays as consistent as he's been, it's getting really, really hard to deny that conversation. I think you got to put his name up there, especially when you consider he was essentially cornerback number three going into the season. Now he's cornerback number one. He is that defense's guy. He's that guy. 
so much has changed in the course of just a few months. So I think if you kind of categorize that in the unexpected story, mm-hmm. you know, some of that has to play into because Michael Parsons, Miles Garrett on the defensive side of the ball, you expect that. The quarterbacks, Patrick Mahomes, Dak Prescott stepping up, you expect those things. Nobody expected Deron Bland to have to play cornerback one and play so well. You know what's so wild about this when they say, okay, who's going to be the guy or whatever, the defensive MVP? I always look at it like last year, a year ago, not this past season, but a year ago in baseball, Aaron Judge broke the home one record, right? And so they made him the MVP. That year I was like, this is Otani. Otani is – because Otani's more talented, but history was made with Judge, thus he got it. So I'm thinking Deron Bland has a chance. Also on Thursday, this past Thursday night, somebody else started showing up and showing out. How about Cavante Turpin? Cavante Turpin is no longer a decoy on offense. He's more than just a a punt returner and a kickoff returner. This man has become a weapon as a wide receiver. How would you like the way he played and and how they're using him this year? You know, I feel like I'm Jesse Holly, my boy, who loves to pat himself on the back. (laughs) You saw this coming, didn't you? This was too (laughs) – this and I and and one thing about it, I've been taught don't don't knock a man, mm-hmm. you know. But I was I was I would literally just scream and shout every week on them podcasts that we do. Why they can't get the ball to Turpin? Yeah. Why, why not? Kill him off. And, yeah. And, and I'm not gonna call that gentleman's name. I mean, because I wish great things for him. But I do for, too. For, for He's coach, very talented. For for coach to McCarthy to find that niche for this kid. To give Dak another weapon, man, uh, it just makes me laugh that uh, he, when you have talent right there and don't use it, mm-hmm. I, I'm gonna tell you who's crying and hurting right now. Wherever yeah. Bland came from, the Fresno coach, State. the coach, like, I had this type of talent. I could have won two more games if I had just him. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. When you see what you let loose. Mm-hmm. Mm. But so, anyway. So, Kevante Turpin, yeah. who, by the way, went to TCU, yeah. USFL, MVP, and went to the Pro Bowl last year. Nicole, can you talk about how his season is going? Because he's got four touchdown catches now. Yeah. It kind of goes back to what Nate was saying and how McCarthy's knowing what his player personnel can do. And that right. was what made him so great at Green Bay. Um, and so – I love the fact that he's utilizing Cavante. And that and Cavante was like, I'm willing to do whatever it takes. If it's on special teams, uh, in this offense, do whatever it takes and make an impact. And you can even line him up coming out of the backfield as well, and he can be um, very productive. So I, I love the way his season's going. I need more of Cavante Turpin, though, over these next couple of weeks. Alec, is this Mike McCarthy's doing? I mean, why is he suddenly now a target? And look at the speed. You got him and Brandon Cooks together. I think it's – I think you do have to give a lot of the credit to Mike McCarthy because I don't know what changed here, you know, in the offseason, but something, I don't know, maybe it was the addition of Brandon Cooks and maybe in training camp they get a hard look at what straight line speed can do for you. Mm -hmm. They see the punt returns. They see the kick returns. And they're like, man, we could really use that on offense because they tried to do that slower paced, you know, dink and dunk offense at the beginning of the season. And it's like, hey, we've got some really fast guys and some great athletes on this team. And that track speed is real. Trust me, that track speed is real with Cavante Turpin. I've ran against him before. Not fun. He is. Look out, you ran against him in track. Okay. Yeah, in high school, uh, I, I practiced with him a couple times mm-hmm. and uh, did not go Y'all well the for same. me. Y'all the same size, by the way. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, it, it was not an even matchup, even though we were built the same. Trust me. All right, coming up next, Dak Prescott. 
He's been on fire. We haven't mentioned him yet, but guess what? He's going to be a girl dad, too. That's next on Cowboys <laughs> Crosstalk. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Back, back to back, Dallas back, Cowboys back. Crosstalk. Yeah, check this out. Live from the Cowboys Club at the Star in Frisco. 
at SWBC. Customized solutions for individuals and businesses are just a click away. Visit SWBC.com to learn more and start your next adventure. I'm Chris Arnold, along with the three-time Super Bowl champion and legend with the Dallas Cowboys, Nate Newton, Nicole Hutchison of DallasCowboys.com, and Alec Medford from 105.3 The Fan. We're here now, and we're discussing the Cowboys off the air before we went on the air. Nicole, I don't know if y'all want to share this or not. Because we get ready to talk about Dak, and he's now okay. going to be a girl dad. You were telling Nate <laughs> that your daddy used to play in the NFL, yeah. and they'd say, wait a minute. <laughs> Do I know this man? And then tell what went down, baby because I thought that was kind of funny. Yeah, he made me call him. What's your so dad's name? Anthony Hutchison. And who did he play for? The Chicago Bears from 82 to 85. I believe. So, Nate, yeah. <laughs> did you get a chance to talk to that dad? That rap with a pop. He sounds exciting. Yeah. 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 What, what yeah, position we, did your dad play? Running back. Okay. Yeah, he uh, played behind Walter Payton. Okay, so he yeah. he played right behind. Okay, so he's right behind Sweetness. Yep. Getting it done. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, I like that story because, like I said, <laughs> your father was a girl dad mm -hmm. or is a girl dad. Yep. And Dak is now in those shoes. It came out over the weekend that Dak announced that he and his girlfriend are about to have a little baby girl. He says he's known about this for weeks. Ironically, he's been playing the best football of his life over the last few weeks. Nate, coincidence or not? Uh, I'm, I'm kind of old school, so <laughs> all I look at him is a dad. Yep. And uh, uh, whatever makes you tick, man, whatever makes you do what you need to do, uh, whatever makes you focus, if that's what made him focus, you know, go, 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 you know, once you have this, you yeah. know, go to work, yeah. get a nothing, you know, so so you can stay on this high because he's playing real well right now. And I'm, I'm happy for him and the young lady that, you know, they're having this, you know, this, this baby girl. Alec, right now he's been so on point and you've seen the numbers. See, Alec loves to crunch numbers. He's one of these guys that loves the analytics of it all. Right. Talk about how well he's playing for those who don't know. And they're just saying, well, they haven't played nobody yet. Yeah, since the bye week, it's kind of been a tale of two halves, if you will, for Dak Prescott. I mean, you're starting to see the vertical attack, which give credit to Mike McCarthy and Brian Schottenheimer for that as well. But you're starting to see a little bit of a confidence. You're starting to see it in the EPA per play, which is one of the more advanced stats that I think is probably the best indicator of how you know, each drop back is starting to get more and more successful. Uh, he's doubling up some of the guys like Brock Purdy who have led the league in some of these advanced metrics. And the quarterback rating has been like 20 points higher than any other quarterback in the NFL since the bye week. So he has just been on a different level. It might be the girl dad thing. I don't know. We've seen it across sports. We've seen Mike Trout and his wife welcome a child and he comes and crushes three homers against the Texas Rangers. You know, so I don't know what it is. But, you know, there's a combination of something going there that Dak Prescott's starting to look a lot more confident in this offense. You know what's wild? He got some advice from Micah Parsons about what to expect when you, when you have another baby. Because I think right after the playoff game, I think Micah and his girl had a baby. Just last year, yeah. Nicole, um, and he was telling Dak, you better get that guest bedroom ready because when the baby <laughs> keep you awake, you still got a job to do. Yeah, I guess. But that, like I said, I'm old school. I didn't have a job. So. <laughs> well, uh, but, Nicole, yeah. talk, talk about how Dak seems to be handling all of this right now, including, you know, he's, he's, 
It's different being a Cowboys quarterback because yeah. all attention is on you. And he handles the social media as well because he kind of stays away from it. But he's aware of what's going on. Yeah, I commend him. I mean, th but that's also what comes with being a Dallas Cowboys quarterback. You have to be able to handle the pressure. A quarterback in general, and that's something that Jerry Jones has even said, like he's handled the criticism so well. And even at his point, this point of his career, for him to evolve, you know, so well, uh, I think he's playing with – a lot of confidence but it's that offensive line though that's been allowing him to do what he does best and that's why i was going. sorry perfect, no, perfect, perfect setup because they got a new offensive line coaching staff yeah. right and coordinator and they've been getting better and better and now you got tyron who's healthy and they're not having him practice so he can stay healthy during the week mm -hmm. and then tyler smith that whole left side and that was your side of the of the ball uh yes. Nate. They are showing up. Give us a critique because you know that side. First of all, you know all the offensive line importantly. But right. you know what those two guys on that left side are doing so well. Uh, the, the, yeah, they're, play, they're playing well together. Uh, they've had opportunity to uh, go against lesser opponents. Mm -hmm. Not in every game because each team has its own bulldog, you, yeah. know, at, you know, positions. But they've had a chance to just play together. Right. And what has, what has transpired is uh, I tell people great offensive line play is three things. Offensive line doing their job, quarterback helping them out, and the running backs. Running backs are not running past guys that's running free now. They're, they're helping. Pass protecting. Yeah. Uh, Tony Pollard is picking up blitzes. Yeah, you I noticed never that. Saw it in two not years. last year. No. Yeah, you went and saw it two years ago. Uh, Dak is finally – back moving around and and he and, you know there's five yards this way or five yards this way number one to avoid the sack number two to give his uh, secondary receiver a chance to get open yep. so this thing has been a great team thing it's, mm -hmm. it's not just been off his line yes still has played better he's not going out attacking on the pad on the pass block he's sitting back you know lining himself up and you know so he can give himself a meet this guy to apex he's doing a better job of that uh, we already know the left tackle is who he is as long as he's healthy. The left guard is mature. You know, we thought, mm -hmm. you know, we would just see Tyler. penalty after penalty. No, no. I think Zach is even picking his game back up Zach to, Martin, to another yeah. level. Mm -hmm. The center is playing okay. So you're seeing everybody hit on all cylinders. And now this week right here going into the Seahawks, it's, it should be just a great battle. It sure should because uh, Seattle's a very physical defense. But back to Dak Prescott because people are saying, oh, he's playing so well right now. And they kind of forget, and I want you to compare this, Nate. They forget his rookie year when he stepped in for Tony Romo and the team was playing so well, Tony couldn't get his job back. They won 11 games in a row. That's how well they were playing. Can you talk about what Dak is doing now compared to his rookie year? Because I think when his rookie year, it was a lot of him and Zeke because Zeke also led the league in rushing that year. The thing that uh, I've been saying for the last three years, and I've always tried to preach this, is you don't never get away from what makes you. You know, and, you know, and like I said, I don't really care how folks take it because when I know I'm right, is Dak is a football player that can throw the ball real well. Mm -hmm. And whenever he's been a football player, he is hard to beat. You know, uh, I ain't, and people got it confused. Well, you want to run the ball? No, sir. Like I said earlier, run five yards out this way. Does two things, avoid a sack, give himself a second chance at a receiver. Go back, 
the bootleg used to be our thing. We used to open up with bootlegs. Oh, yeah. And, 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 you know, and stuff like that and move him around. You, in today's NFL, if a quarterback drops back without a supreme offensive line and you don't move your quarterback around, even the worst of uh, pass rushes can get to you. Dak understands that. They're, they're, we got multiple weapons. We can get the ball out fast. We can also get the ball at the mid-range, and we can take it deep. When you're doing it like that, now all we have to do now is get the run game a little bit more definite. What mm-hmm. I mean by that is run when you know when you when they know you're gonna run and you still running and you can't yeah. stop it. Yeah, so. yeah, I hear you. But Dak, Dak is doing what he need to do. You mentioned the chunk plays. Go ahead. <laughs> and when you hear Aaron Rodgers say, "I like what this kid is doing yep. in Dallas," uh-huh. oh my God, Aaron Rodgers is my man. My, I mean, yeah, Aaron Rodgers is my guy. I mean, yeah, Nicole, go ahead and elaborate what Aaron Rodgers was saying. Yeah, so he basically said that he loves the way that he's using his cadences beautifully. Mm-hmm. He's just playing with more like instincts. He's just he's playing smart and, and free. And you love to see Dak playing like that because when he's playing like that, like Nate said, he's unstoppable. Yeah, um, I, I I love the way he's playing right now. Update on Aaron Rodgers: The Jets say he's been cleared to practice. We go see what comes. Yeah. This is an amazing thing coming off of Achilles. We see how fast he does come back. But back to Dak Prescott, and Nate was talking about let Dak throw the ball and be a football player. The chunk plays the last couple of games. Can you talk about this? Because Dak hadn't been sacked in the last couple of games, and that one pick two games ago, that was like, where that came out of nowhere. Because on the whole, you ain't wearing him out no picks, and he's getting the chunk plays. I think it starts with what you mentioned about him not getting sacked in a really long time is whenever you start to build that trust, and Nate was talking about having you know, continuity across the offensive line for the first time in forever, you're starting to see a Dak Prescott that feels more in control of the offense to the point where he can call his own shots. He knows he can plant that back foot, set his feet, and actually throw downfield without any kind of harm coming his way. It just feels like a more comfortable Dak to me because of the offensive line. It all starts up front, and now that you're starting to see like a healthy offensive line just finding some rhythm, you're starting to see some really good games from Terrence Steele now after he got eviscerated after a couple of bad games in, oh, the, yeah. in the run department. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the pass blocking might not have been as good because you had some guys rotating in and out, some undrafted free agents having to step in. It was rough at the beginning of the year. You haven't had those issues anymore, so you're starting to see really a confidence that you didn't see out of four before. Also, like you said, you got the continuity of the offensive line. You got, you know, the running game showing up, and again, can they show up when they know you got to get that first round? In other words, those dirty yards that Zeke used to get. Dak Prescott getting those chunk plays. Let, we, we haven't really talked about the wide receivers other than uh, Kevontae Turpin. It seems like all cylinders offensively are working right now. You know, when I, when, I, uh, when I looked at this thing, when Coach McCarthy first came in, and I know Coach McCarthy don't care about no Nate Newton, and I understand <laughs> that this man got a team to run. Yeah. But, you know, I, I think I, I spoke to him and shook his hand. The first day of training camp, I ain't have nothing to say to him since he had, hey, I'm going to let Kellen Moore call the plays. I was out. <laughs> I was like, no, sir, we did not bring you here. Right. Because he uh, called with, the plays at Green Bay. As much talent as we had on this team when Kellen was here. Mm-hmm. We wasted two years. And I'm not saying we going to no Super Bowl. I don't ride like that. But I am saying this team, since he has taken over, even as the head coach, how they are – Consistently winning. Now, yeah. yes, they got they got to beat the uh, teams with the better 500 records. Yeah, we understand that. 
But now we, I can see it growing. You see an opportunity. Yeah, I you see, see opportunity. I see yeah. the opportunity as well. And again, nothing yeah. is Kellen. I would say on the air, Kellen just wasn't seasoned enough. He's a very yeah, brilliant that's what guy, I'm but he doesn't know situational. Does the defense need some rest? Should we run the ball a little bit more? I think that's what got him when it came to the playoffs. Yes. When we come back, you talking about the opportunity. There's a guy named Shaq looking for a job. Maybe it's going to be Philadelphia. Maybe it's going to be the Cowboys. And where do the Cowboys fit in the hierarchy of the NFC? That's next on Cowboys Crosstalk. Back, back to back. Dallas Cowboys Crosstalk. Yeah, check this out. Live from the Cowboys Club at the Star in Frisco. Jack Black. You want to use what the pros use? Jack Black is the official men's skincare brand of your Dallas Cowboys. Visit getjackblack.com today. Chris Arnold, Nate Newton, along with 
Nicole Hutchison of DallasCowboys.com, Alec Medford from 105 Feet of Fan. We are chopping it up because Cowboys got a big game tomorrow night against Seattle. <laughs> Let me say this here, man. Yes, sir. Yo, this homie here, daddy <laughs> played for the Chicago Bears, and homeboy here got his lights burnt up by the Kavika Turf. Turf. What did you run against? What, 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 yeah. what did you run? Yeah, well, you, you ran against, in high school, yeah. against Kavante Turpin, Alec. And what you ran, 100 meters, 200? Yeah, I did all the sprints in high school. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, it was a very bad day. It was one workout with him, and I was like, hey, maybe I can hang. No, it was a, it was a very bad day for Alec Bedford. That's what it was. You so yeah. stupid. No, I'm just saying. I'm like, we got two stars up here, mega stars. Yeah. Well, we are glad to have him because it's yeah. fun to talk about the Dallas Cowboys with some people who know what they're talking about. And, Nate, I mentioned going into the break, Shaq Lawson uh, got cut by the Colts. And the Cowboys have been talking. He was up here having lunch with Jerry yesterday. He went up to Philadelphia. He's got ties with Philadelphia. He got some ties here with the Cowboys. One of the couple of ties he's got here with the Cowboys, um, not only did he play with Stephon Gilmore with the Colts because they know each other very well, they both grew up in South Carolina. Who else grew up in South Carolina? Tank Lawrence. So there's a South Carolina kind of thing. But at the same time, if he were to get signed with the Cowboys and fit – because we do need a linebacker. Leighton Van Erich is hurt. How would he fit in with the Dan Quinn, and do you think they should really go after him or be disappointed if he goes somewhere else? And like we talked off air, <laughs> this kid worried about two things. Okay. One. You're going to make the money right because right. what he getting from the Colts, he already got. It's, yeah, six million. Yeah. He, so it is, it, it, he getting his money. Is you going to make the money right? And is he going to play? He didn't lead the Colts because they weren't paying him. He left the Colts because they weren't playing ah, him. Oh, that's true. So – you can't sit up and say, well, we got you on first down. But after that, uh, it's up in the air. Now, this kid, like, if I, he's, he looks at himself as a three-down linebacker. When they built the Colts' defense around him three years ago. Mm -hmm. Now, Nicole says she has a little bit more to add to that. <laughs> so, I'm going to see, I'm gonna no, see what, what Miss Hutchinson can do. He got a little foot situation, I'm right? I'm only saying, yeah, back injury, I know he had to deal with that. He had a concussion. He's dealt with a lot of injuries. So, but I think he passed, um, the, you know, the, the physical. Physicals, yeah. But I think it would be a good add just because you're adding a vet, another veteran guy, a true veteran guy. Um, and he's a great run stopper. You can kind of bring him in, swap him out with Marquise Bell, who's better in pass coverage. Mm -hmm. I mean, he's been doing a solid job, but just adding that extra – Juice to that linebacker room, man. I I think that would be a great pickup. By the way, Marquise Bell has been showing out. Amazing. He's been looking really good. I was talking to Cavante Turpin a couple of nights ago. Speaking of Cavante, a couple of days ago, he told me he, Deron Bell and Marquise, I mean Deron Bland and Marquise Bell are the three Musketeers. They are tight as thieves. Yeah. They came in together, and all of them having a great year this year. Alec, back to you on this uh, Shaq situation. What are your thoughts on <laughs> could he fit in and would they use him? And Nate staring yeah, you yeah. down. I'm getting the most legendary the, stare Give us down the down. analytic <laughs> stats on this. <laughs> I, this one, I'm going to take a more logical approach and just try to think from this as a, from a roster-building perspective. First things first, I almost had a heart attack when Marquise Bell went down in that Commander's game. Oh, yeah, game. that's scary. Absolutely almost had a heart attack. That was rough to see, and, you know, that would have – up the sense of urgency a little bit. Right. But like Nicole said, a couple of back injuries, some uh, lingering injuries as well, have kind of slowed him down. He's yes. not exactly the athlete that he used to be when he was playing at that Pro Bowl level. But 
you look at the depth in the linebacker room, you've got your core guys outside of that. You know, you're asking Rashawn Evans to do a lot now, which yep. he's been doing good in that role. It's just outside of that. I'm thinking long term. I'm thinking of like January. And I'd like to just have as many names in that room. And like Nate that said, the, the, yeah, the, the money is covered. So, you know, you don't have to worry about a scene being made. He's not going to command all the attention and all the finances. If he wants to play here, I think you should give him the shot. Don't the Colts owe, owe him like $28 million? Yeah, yeah. They, they already got to pay him. So right. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. He's, he, you have to worry yeah. about the Colts money. Yeah. But just like you said, he wants to make sure he gets paid properly. Well, I'm going to tell y'all something, man. <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell y'all something. This guy left the Colts for one reason. Not playing. He was not. And they were saying, you know, he was a significant person a few years ago. Yes. And then they we're trying to change it. And they don't want to disrespect him because he's a great guy in the community. They showed, I mean, they, they he was handing out turkeys. A party. Yeah, I mean, turkeys. They love it on him. But we got to let you go. It's kind of like, you know, it's like, okay, we got a new regime. We got new things going on. So he's out there. The One of the reasons I want him here. And I wasn't thinking about this until they started saying, well, where will he go? All of a sudden, Philadelphia is a big player. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, I'm having a flashback because Nate was here. And I was here for it too. Deion Sanders was going to leave, or he was a free agent, and he was going to pick a team. He, he threw with the Falcons. He was going to go somewhere. He's playing baseball. And all of a sudden, it's like the 49ers wanted him. And the Cowboys like, oh, we're good. Jerry's like, we're good. We got our defense is set. We don't really need Deion. Dion wound up helped block the Cowboys from three Super Bowls in the world. He was that significant. And I'm not saying Shaq is as good as Dion was back then. I'm just saying Philadelphia don't need no more help. I don't want him to help Philadelphia keep the Cowboys at bay. Because right now Philadelphia is 10-1, and yes. and they are leaders of the NFC. So in my mind, I want X to block the square. I want Jerry to say, come on down here, just so, and more importantly, you ain't playing in Philadelphia. That's I just don't me. care. If you can't help me win, I don't need you. I don't care. <laughs> I, the, the, the thing that, the thing that I, I see right now, mm -hmm. and I said this, I've been saying it every week. They don't yep. won three. I need for them to win six games in a row. And I said this, and people Seattle, thought I was joking. Buffalo, yeah. and Miami are next. They thought yep. I was joking. If you continue to win and you build that confidence, because I look back when we started our run mm -hmm. back in the day, Chris. Yep. It ain't like we beat a whole bunch of great teams, but we beat so many teams. Stacking them up. Our confidence was so great. And so now when you step to the Seattle Seahawks and you physical yeah. and you win this game, now you go and you in Philadelphia come in, you win this game. Now you start to feel good. It don't matter. Mm -hmm. It don't matter now. I don't want our linebackers to get hurt. I'm with you on that. Yeah. But well, well, let's look at let's look at this NFC. This is a perfect segue into looking yeah. at this NFC. I'm looking at Philadelphia win that damn game, and they did it just the way they always do. The other team against Buffalo. I'm like, Buffalo had this game, and then Philadelphia get the game. That's what happened against Kansas City. I've been talking to people who Miami. Philadelphia. Miami. Every team they play this year, somehow or another, the other team cough it up. And the Philadelphia Eagles remember, take advantage of it. You remember your boy from Miami, Tariq, had the touchdown? Yeah, Tariq, yeah, Tariq Hill. And, and see, I, I'm being facetious, yeah. that, if that's right. Yeah. Uh, and you remember against Kansas City, yeah, he, they dropped he the, the third down. Yes. Yeah, and then you remember this game here? They said yes. they horse cow, horse cow. See yeah. how excited you is about a team that's winning, regardless of yeah. what goes down? Right. And now, so, at the end of the day, Chris, they're 10-1. Yep. 
almost, 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 and they're 10-1. We almost, almost, and we 8-3. Right. Which almost would you want? Right. And here's the thing. For the Cowboy fans who say, okay, we got a shot knowing that they've won yes. seven of these eight games by yes. over 20 points, which yes. is unheard of. Right. And then – but they've lost to San Francisco and right. Philadelphia, right. who are the, the, the quote-unquote premier teams of the NFC. Right. Are they close enough to catch them in the playoffs if we keep stacking them up, Nate? No, they're going to beat them. They're going to beat them. Okay. They're going to beat them starting after, after they go through the Seahawks, then they beat Philadelphia. The thing that you have to do is you have to start playing on a certain level. Uh-huh. And I think for the last three, New York Panthers, uh, Washington Commanders, they played on a certain level. And even when it was 20 to, 20 to 10, uh, it was 17 to 9 or whatever right. gets, gets the other team. No, at no time, this team or any of us said, man, they're going to lose this game. Right. And then the explosion happened in each time, whether it was the third quarter, whether it was the fourth, fourth quarter. quarter. Yep. They play now at a level that's higher than the, than the lesser teams. Before, they used to play down mm-hmm. or get inconsistent. All they got to do is clean up. Them, them illegal formations, clean up them one or two holding penalties. Yeah, the little they, penalties. Yeah, they're they going to be all right. Just continue to play hard. Right. And, now, and again, yeah. you got Philadelphia on the yeah. schedule a week from Sunday. Yes. Seattle tomorrow. We're going to talk about Seattle the next segment. But, Nicole, do you think they can keep stacking this up like this? For sure. I mean, the way that they're playing, they're playing at their best. They're playing at their best right now. Um. I think they need to win Seattle first, and then we can worry about the Eagles. Uh, but I, I think they need to win these games. I mean, because you haven't went, beat any guys with a winning record, you know. But I think they have the highest strength of, or fifth-ranked highest strength of schedule over right. the next couple of games. So, I mean, it's not going to get any easier. They need to win these games. And, and Philadelphia, they still got a gauntlet to run themselves, right, Alex? Yeah. They do. They've got a lot of tough matchups coming up, starting with the 49ers. But – uh, I know nobody wants to hear it, but the Philadelphia Eagles have the first playoff berth clinching scenario this weekend. They have to win, and if the Rams lose or tie, then Philadelphia's in. If that happens, then I'm not worried about Philadelphia anymore. I'm worried about stacking these wins. I'm fully focused on what's ahead for the Cowboys, and I think to what Nicole and Nate are saying, when a team is motivated, when a team is this hot, especially when the offense is clicking, we kind of know what we have in the defense for the most part. We've seen some really consistent performances out of specific units on the defense. Now that we're seeing the offense kind of humming and Dak is able to get the ball to you know five, six, seven different ball carriers in a game, that's when I'm starting to feel good about what lies ahead going into the playoffs. What lies ahead is Seattle tomorrow night. We're going to talk about that game, how strong that defense may be. Does Dan Quinn know something about Pete Carroll that we don't know? That's coming up next on Cowboys Crosstalk. <laughs>
Back to back. Dallas back. Cowboys back. Crosstalk. Yeah, check this out. Live from the Cowboys Club at the Star in Frisco. At SWBC, customized solutions for individuals and businesses are just a click away. Visit SWBC.com to learn more and start your next adventure. Chris Arnold, along with three-time Super Bowl champion and Cowboys legend Nate Newton. We got Nicole Hutchinson from DallasCowboys.com and Alec Medford, my guy, from 105.3 The Fan. Tomorrow night, 7.05 kickoff at AT&T Stadium where the Cowboys have won 13 consecutive home games. You got the Cowboys hosting the Seattle Seahawks, yeah. who for the last two years been surprising everybody because they traded away Russell Wilson, and then uh, all they got is Geno. And next thing you know, they still keep winning. I need a scouting report. Who wants to go first with the scouting report? Shall we go with Alec? Uh, Nate, or you yeah, want to go with Nicole? Yeah, let's go with the numbers, yeah. Let's go with the All right, numbers, yeah. go, break it down for us, Alec. <laughs> so Seattle. Nate, Nate's putting you on the spot. Seattle's a very beat-up team. This is a yeah. team that has lost a little bit of confidence because some of their key playmakers have not been around the team. The offensive line has been beaten and battered. They had to sign Jason Peters to the practice squad, elevate him. His first game up, he gets hurt. Kenneth Walker. He's a young budding star. He gets hurt. Might not play this week. We don't know yet. Uh, but one area that I will get the Seahawks, because offensively, I think they can hang with most teams in the NFC, if not all of them offensively. I will get their run defense. Their run defense has not been great, and they get this title of a really physical and gritty defense. That's which their reputation. They are. Under, under Pete Carroll, it's always been that way. It's always been the characterization. But this year, the run defense is just a little bit lacking, and this is a Cowboys offense that is starting to find their rhythm in the run game. Tony Pollard is starting to run into less loaded boxes, uh, and he's putting up some really good numbers against those empty boxes. So I think that matchup is where you can beat them. Offensively, you just got to be – on your P's and Q's, containing them offensively. The defense, I think they should hold their own. Uh, I mean, Seattle's numbers, they're nothing flashy, but Geno Smith is having almost as good of a year as he did last year. Not as many touchdowns, but other than that, he's still pretty consistent. you got to throw him off his game. If the pass rush can get home with four, then that's when you got your best chance. Nate, what concern? Or should we ask Nicole what she thinks about Yeah, yeah. Give us a cheat yeah. code, Nicole. <laughs> yeah, her dad was a running back in the NFL. He's there trying to be funny. Uh, yep. <laughs> one thing that I've noticed is that Geno Smith's not as mobile as he was last year. Okay. Um, and, and I'm saying that because. The comeback player of the year last year, Comeback player of the year, leader in completions mm -hmm. uh, last year is not as mobile. And I'm saying that only because that offensive line is. Uh, Pretty is struggling. It's struggling. Yeah, right. I mean, he's been sacked 13 times in the last four games, and he just can't. He doesn't have enough time to really make decisions. I think he's taking 2.91 seconds to even get rid of the ball. So that's something that stands out to me. It gives ch a chance for maybe D. Law, Dorrance Armstrong to have a big day. Jonathan Hankins, Osa, right. um, that interior defense to go up and crush, uh, pressure the quarterback. Uh, and then as far as their secondary. Devon Witherspoon is someone who actually like catches my eye because he's like a Deron Bland. He's good in pass coverage and can come up and uh, make some stops on the run. Right. So that's the only thing that really catches my eye. But offensively, I don't think the Seahawks have anything I that's, I guess, nerve-wracking. Uh, Kenneth Walker's questionable. So, yeah, I, I, I don't think this is a game that – it's going to be a battle, but it's not something that the Cowboys can handle. Okay, Nate, what worries you, what concerns you about the matchups in this game? Uh, what, what, what are Cowboy fans and you know, Cowboy a lot, players looking out for? A lot of people for? talking about the Njigba kid. Mm -hmm. the, uh, Smith, yeah. And they talk, 
The only guy that worries me is that little dude they got running around at wide receiver. Uh, Tyler Lockett? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. He's yeah. a little yeah. older now. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. He's been around for a while. Yeah. yeah. And he's still a big play monster. Uh-huh. And, uh, you know, it's it, Metcalf going to be Metcalf. Uh, muscle him. Try to fight with him. Yeah. I know I know more people like it. Boy, if I lose, he going you know, right, to right. go deep real. I'll put hands on big fella. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would. I, I, I would. You know what I'm saying? Right, something. I would mix it in and out, you know, just to see what he's working with. Okay, Nate. Make it run a 4-3 nothing. Met, Metcalf or Debo Samuel? Which one more dangerous? Uh, Debo Samuel, Samuel, Samuels because I think the coach know how to use him better than what their coach Yeah, Shanahan. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But I know what you say. It's the same element. It's the same yeah. monster. Yeah. Uh, but, man, I, I – I have never taken a picture of a pro player. I think last year or two years ago, they was here for a preseason game, right? Uh-huh. And me and Chris Bean was walking out on the field. For Cowboys.com. Yeah, and Cowboys I said, uh, TV. man, look at this. Boy, this, this dude is built to be a defensive end. I said, that's a hell of a look. This dude is built. He looked like a statue. Yeah, and uh, – he said, there ain't no defense in, mate. That's DK Metcalf. I got my camera and set that thing around the world. X had me that day. It was back 12, still 12. Yeah. I, I, I looked like a Roman gladiator. Like, <laughs> it looked like yeah, a gladiator. You know what, y'all? Huh. Let me tell y'all something. <laughs> I'm glad he don't play for Kansas City. Oh, because they'd be totally oh. unstoppable. Oh, my God. I'm glad they don't play for Kansas City, man. Yeah, I hear you. I know exactly Ooh. what you're saying. I know exactly what you're saying. Wow, man. Well, he does play for the Seahawks, and that's what the Cowboys have. I got to lay night. hands on him, man. I call out a Baptist preacher and lay hands on him, baby. <laughs> yeah, man. The God knows what right. we got to do today. Lord, what we got to do today. They didn't lead the preacher's sermon or something. Yeah, for real. Yeah. Well, you know, the, the, the Seattle defense – is a physical defense. The defense. We're talking about the offense earlier, but the yeah. defense. It's not the Legion of Boom. Dan Quinn created the Legion of Boom. Quinn, of course, is the Cowboys defensive coordinator now. Right. He knows Pete Carroll's offense. It's not the same offense it was when he was there and they were going to back-to-back -back Super Bowls and Russell Wilson was running it. But do you think he has the advantage over Pete Carroll or Pete Carroll knows what's in Dan Quinn's mind and what this Cowboys defense, this takeaway defense might be doing. Let, let, let me first correct you. Okay. They had a running back. Oh, yeah, beast mode, Marshawn Lynch. And, and Wilson found out real quick he's nothing without him. Okay? Ah, okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. So they are trying to recapture that with this Walker kid. Right. But more to your question is uh, the talent changes. So each coach does a little bit different. Mm -hmm. They know their basic philosophies. Right. And, and Pete's basic philosophy, if they can have a healthy walker, they've been going back after back trying to find this beast mode. Mm -hmm. They haven't found it because they can't stay healthy. Mm -hmm. So they know that if Pete Carroll – I don't think Pete Carroll will get down 10 points like the dummy commanders just did <laughs> and, start, <laughs> and start passing the ball all yeah. over the place. I yeah. just believe that. Right. Know, I believe they're going to hang in there. I, 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 you, know, you know, but that's a different story. We're talking about this game, yeah. Yeah, so, so Nicole, do you think Dan Quinn has the advantage or Pete Carroll has the advantage since they both know each other very well? I'm going to go Dan. Um, Dan's obviously proved that he can, whether or not he has the advantage or not, he's going to out-coach 
outplay call anybody. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that Dan's the personnel that he has, as far as even Stephon Gilmore, Deron Bland, those guys up front, Micah Parsons. Micah. Yeah, I mean. People forgetting on good, Micah. Good luck. I mean, these guys are playing at an all-time high. Uh, I, I think Dan Quinn definitely has the advantage right now. So let's let's follow that same line of thinking, Alec. Does Dan Quinn need a, a, a takeaway? Not necessarily a pick six, but like when they lost to Philadelphia, they didn't get any takeaways. They had three chances for fumble recoveries, but it always bounced back to the Eagles. Does Dan Quinn's defense have to have a takeaway to win this game against the Seattle Seahawks? I'd say yes. I think this is, despite all the injuries, the trials and tribulations for that offense, that's still a good offense. That's still a good play caller out there in Seattle. It's still a really talented group. And the thing is, I think Dan Quinn does have that advantage because, like Nate said, the talent disparity is there because they have depth in terms of talent on that defense. The Seattle offense kind of is what it is on paper, those first 11 guys on the field, like you can triple team Micah Parsons. That means Dorrance Armstrong is rushing free. You know, you can do this, that, and the other. Demarcus Lawrence, eliminate him from a play. Just cut him out. You still have Jonathan Hankins up the middle. You know, there's Mm. guys through this defensive line that can get home if you're going to try to eliminate one specific person. So I think that offense, you need to get a takeaway because I think you can't. Well, we're going to go around the table real quick before we get out of here. What's going to be the final score? And do the Cowboys have the ability to score a 40-burger on the Seattle defense? Let's start with you, Alec, and then give me your final score when you give me your thesis. I think they have the ability to. I don't think they will. Okay. Um, I think that Seattle is going to come out here with a sense of urgency after getting a little bit embarrassed uh, Thanksgiving week, perhaps. So I think there's going to be a heightened sense of alert there. I think my final score for this game I'm going to go 28-21 Cowboys. I 20, think they're going to keep ooh, it close. close one. Nicole, what do you think? What about running back? <laughs> <laughs> she just, he just messing with you. Uh, Your dad was running back for the Bears. I'm going to go with Cowboys 31, Seahawks 10. And I say mm. that because the Cowboys have been outscoring their opponents at home. There you go. By 162 points. And I don't think they're going to come in here and allow those guys to score more than 10 points in AT&T Stadium. I got two scores. Uh-huh. <laughs> if they playing for pride and playing for their heart, and I'm talking about Seattle, it'll be like 14-10 Dallas. But if we get those two, I'm 14, saying two 10. takeaways, mm-hmm. man, we're going to beat the brakes off these That Seahawk they got, yep. you know, trap him in a cage and keep him here with us. I hear <laughs> yeah. you. I like that as well. In fact, for on my side of it, I'm thinking, okay, I think this is also going to be a high-scoring game for the Cowboys. I think the Cowboys are going to score at least 31 points. Right, right. And I think the defense is going to help them. I don't know if the defense is going to have a, a, a scoop and score or they're going to have a pick six. I don't know what's going to happen like that. But I do know they're going to force a fumble or they're going to force a takeaway. I can also see Cavante Turpin scoring a big touchdown wow. or even Brandon Cooks scoring a touchdown. You know CD's going to get his touchdown. Yeah. Jake Ferguson, baby. Jake that's Ferguson, that's where the tight end. That's my man. I mean, I think they have the great opportunity to get it done. So I see the Cowboys winning their 14th consecutive home game. You like the odds of Nate? Yeah, yeah. I like what, man. We better get out of here, man. <laughs> yes, yeah, time you to like go. Me. Alec, Nicole, Green, Nate, running thank y'all back. Very, yeah. Oh my this has been Cowboys Crosstalk. Thank y'all for joining us. We'll talk to you again next week. This has been a production. DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!